0: Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. The Gospels are collections of encounters with Jesus from the first century. But if we can't have that same encounter with Jesus in the 21st century— well then it's just a high standard that we can never reach or like a Paul Bunyan story, right? Like a great fable that helps us explain morals but it's not yet Christianity. To be Christian is to encounter Jesus. To really feel cherished and loved. To be seen and cared about. And everyone here tonight is capable of this. This isn't for special people. Except for the fact it makes you special then. We've probably all had little encounters or big and we didn't know to name it as I'm encountering the living Jesus. But it's so beautiful and so important that what we celebrate at Easter changes the way we see reality. Namely, if Jesus rose from the dead, he's always a now, not a back then. He's always here with us now because he's not in a grave, he's alive. And he's alive to facilitate for every member of the human race, all eight billion, an encounter. That they would know what it's like to be seen by Jesus. They know what it's like to be spoken to by him. And that encounter generates what we call a disciple. And so we have these scripture passages to really warm and bathe our hearts to help facilitate an encounter so that when it comes time for the Eucharist, our hearts already know him and we all the more receive his loving presence. And we don't have to be so big and strong, really we don't have to pretend to be so big and strong, that the little parts of us full of longing and need are seen and cared for by Jesus. So I just want to walk us through the gospel today again, kind of unpacking little moments and just really begging the Holy Spirit that each one of you would be given the grace of an encounter for the millionth time, for the first time, but that all of us would say, wow, maybe there actually is a Jesus and he's alive. Because if I'm a priest and sometimes have to be reminded of that, and I'm around Jesus-y stuff all day, how much more does everyone else need to be reminded of that? Not up here, but in the flesh. So Jesus was traveling with the large crowd. Okay, a sizable crowd, meaning there was a lot of activity around him. All right. And as he's traveling from one town to the next, we realize he's not meandering, he's on a mission. Jesus is going somewhere, he has a plan. And there's this blind man, one person out of this sizable crowd, how insignificant! Not only is he insignificant because it's just one compared to many, but he's blind and a beggar. Nothing flashy, nothing impressive. He's not smart. He doesn't have a lot of money. He doesn't have a retirement plan. He doesn't even have nice clothes. He probably smells and is rather embarrassing to the town. Like, if we could clean up this town, maybe we could get him somewhere else. That might be nice. And he starts crying out because he hears about Jesus. And so from the depths of this poor man's heart is hope. Everything can be made right for me by Jesus. Jesus can heal me. Jesus can take care of me. Jesus can fix all the problems in my life. And I'm a blind man and I happen to hear that that Jesus is walking by. And so rather childish he starts crying out, Jesus son of David have pity on me. Like a child, hey me, do you see me? Hey, hi, who over here? It's me. Hi, Jesus, over here. And the whole crowd is like what are you doing? First off, he's a very important man if you think he's going to stop for you. And by the way, blind people are blind. That's the way that works. So you wanting to get your sight, kind of naive. So this crowd is like, shut up. Just this week I had someone say, Oh, don't worry about me. Other people are hurting more than me. Focus on them. As if that was the way love works. As if that was the way the human heart works. As if that was the way Jesus works. So he cries out all the more. It says he calls out all the more. Have pity on me. Please see me. Please show me that this part of my life and my heart is not insignificant because I have such deep, big desires, Jesus. I have so many dreams and longings. Please, so many people keep telling me, toughen up, grow up. You just got to get with the times. Tough it out. Be strong. None of them are Jesus. Not one of those voices are Jesus. The voice of Jesus is in the multitude of the crowd, he can hear those who are childlike. In the crowd, he hears the ones who have the risk to be vulnerable, to dream, to have hope, to desire things to be a different way. He says, call him to me. Notice, Jesus is always drawing people to himself. Into relationship. It's not, here are three things you can start doing. Go off and be well. It's in the places where you feel small. Full of need. Where you and I sometimes want to hide oh, there's bigger problems in the world. Other people have needs too. All of that is a way of pretending because we're so scared. What if I take the risk and call out and he doesn't show up? What if I actually go all in on my desires and dreams with God and he doesn't help me? But this is why these passages are here, to bring these things up, because that right there is a great conversation and prayer. I'm afraid, Jesus, if I tell you everything in my heart, you won't come through for me. That's a great prayer. Jesus, I thought I did this last year, 20 years ago, and you didn't come through for me. Why would I do it again? See, there's some anger and pain in there that we have to talk to Jesus about because we are not insignificant to God. Your heart, your life, and particularly your desires, he cares about. Like a doctor who says, where does it hurt? He doesn't want to be a masochist. He wants to bring healing. So now this crowd, which was so saying, you're a problem, they're fair-weathered fans. Now they're saying, hey, come on, he's calling you, let us help. And in order for this blind man to encounter Jesus, it says, he threw aside his cloak. Once the, the call, the drawing, the movement in our heart is towards God, very quickly we're going to butt up against things that we need to let go of if the encounter is going to happen. This cloak is where he hid. It's where the blind man felt safe and sheltered. It's where he felt warm and comfortable. How he made sense out of life in himself. Jesus says, let go of the hiding place. Come to me like a child, vulnerable, open, accessible. You ever know how kids' hearts are so beautiful? What do you want to be when you grow up? An astronaut, a farmer, and a doctor. Oh, only broken people don't know what to do with that and say, you know, you're going to have to pick one of them and you have to study really hard. No, instead we go, well, you're going to be the best at all three. Why? Because love sees the human heart. Love sees more than brokenness. And Jesus is love himself. And so this guy sacrifices his cloak, steps forward, and Jesus, full of a warm smile, says, What do you want me to do for you? You who I could see and hear in the multitude of people yelling and screaming. I could hear you because your heart was open. You were vulnerable. You were honest. You're with me now. I'm with you. What do you desire? What do you want me to do for you? The blind man replied, I want to see. This was his desire. It's not a Miss America prayer. Oh, that there'd be world peace. Now, if that's what you honestly, deeply desire, that's a beautiful prayer. Otherwise, not so great. I want to see. Do you have the amount of courage to be so childlike, to have a dream of seeing Blind people stay blind. It's what it means to be blind. But not with the power of Jesus looking at you. Well, if you could just maybe give me a little more patience. Maybe, kind of, a little. This is the God of the universe staring at you. This is the God of the stars who says, I see you and care. I drew you close for this vulnerable moment. What is pouring out of you? Be not afraid. Let me hear. I want to see. And I can just feel Jesus kind of lean in. Go your way. Your faith has saved you. And it says, immediately he received his sight. What is the first thing this man saw? The face of God smiling ear to ear. The first thing he saw was the warmth and tender care of Jesus. Now he could see what he was already feeling. I matter. My desires are not naive. Jesus hears me. I don't have to hide between some sort of false Christianity that, well, everyone matters and I need to hide. No, he calls me by name. He sees you. He knows you. And he wants you so close that you can feel his breath as he says, your faith has saved you. And your life begins to open, transformed. Jesus says, go your way. And it says, he followed him on the way. This man's way and Jesus have become one. Where else is he going to go after being loved so perfectly? Seen so tenderly? Every color this man sees for the rest of his life reminds him of Jesus seeing him, knowing him, and loving Him. You matter that much to God. One of the most, the biggest obstacles is that we're so afraid. We're so afraid that God won't follow through. We're so afraid that maybe we don't matter that much. So we'll hide and pretend all of us And today, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Come to me. In all the voices of eight billion people, I see you. I hear you. Come to me. Come to me. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church Brecksville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.